Joining us on the line from Reader's Digest magazine, we say good morning to Stephanie Verge. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Uh, this article comes out of the food section of the current issue of Reader's Digest magazine. This is an interesting one. It's uh, it's all about kitchen appliances explained. Uh, you wouldn't think you'd need explanation on kitchen appliances, <laughs> uh, but things have certainly changed over the years. And uh, this there's really some valuable tips that I'd never even heard of in this. Yeah, I think we think we know how to use everything, but the fact is we're not maximizing our appliances, and that's sort of what we wanted to get at here. Well, the first one right off the bat they got me was microwaves. Now, uh, my uh, expertise in the cooking happens to be with the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought there's nothing I'm going to learn from this, but uh, I had no idea that the shape of your container can actually influence how well your food gets reheated. It does. So often people put plastic containers in in the microwave, which we advise against. But let's say you're using glass containers and you have a rectangular one. So rectangular containers attract more energy to the corners than to other areas. So in certain spots in the corners, you'll have overcooked crispy you know, food, and in the middle, it may not be entirely cooked. So um, you want to make sure to use, if you can, um, a round container for your leftovers. Interesting idea right there. Something Mm -hmm. I never knew about is this concept of open door broiling. Can you explain (laughs) that a little bit more? Yes, that one is is probably the most surprising. Um, I myself broil with the door closed, so I've been doing it wrong and I didn't know. Uh, So if you keep the door of your oven closed, that allows the heat and the steam to build up, which is great for baking, but it's really not ideal for broiling. So if you leave the door open to vent the steam... That will allow the broiled food to develop that crustiness that we're going for when we're when we're looking to broil food. Um, right. So if you watch, for example, the great um, Canadian baking show, yeah. <laughs> you'll see that they do that there, um, which is where I'd first heard of it. And then we were working on this article. Uh, but do be sure to check your oven's manual first, because some ovens are designed for an open door broil, but other ones aren't. And the escaped heat could damage the knobs on your oven. Uh, yeah. uh, the next tip I actually knew. It still doesn't stop me from screwing it up, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, putting on your slow cooker, uh, you leave it closed until you're almost ready to, to serve it up. Yeah, this this clue, you're right. A lot of people know this, but so few people do it. <laughs> so the idea is to just really, if you absolutely have to look at your food, then wait until there, there's less than one hour to go. Because lifting the lid lets the heat out. And given that it is a slow cooker, it's really important to keep all of that heat in for as long as possible. That's really difficult, especially when you want the kitchen to fill up with the smell of the chili that you're cooking, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Um, let's talk about the dishwasher. The placement of dishes is very important, isn't it? Yes, it is. So this is also something that I learned. I'm not the best dishwasher stacker, but um, Mm -hmm. what I have been doing after working on this article was to keep uh, the dishes with starchy stains, such as potato. Um, If you think about it, they rely on a lot of force of water, more on force of water than on chemical detergent. So you want to be placing them in the middle portion of the dishwasher racks, which is directly above the rotating arms. That's where you get the strongest spray of water, and that's where those starchy stains um, will, you know, most likely be removed. On the other hand, if your dishes, say, have eggs on them, they don't need quite as much protein. So you can keep them at the edges of the rack where the soap stays longer, which is great, um, and the slower spray sort of 
is still working at uh, at getting that residue off. Hmm. Uh, certainly never thought there's a lot of technique to using a blender, but uh, this is something <laughs> brand new to me. The order in which you put your ingredients can make a big difference. It does. So I think a lot of people will, will maybe not put the drier ingredients um, right at the bottom, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily putting the liquid there for or yogurt if for a smoothie. Right. And that's really where you want to put it. So you want to start with your liquid base and then what you do is you layer ingredients from smallest to largest. So you want to keep the toughest pieces at the top. So that way the blades start, it's very logical when you think about it, the mm. blades will start mm. running smoothly through the liquid, the milk or the yogurt, what have you, and then eventually incorporate the hard ingredients gradually. And lastly, let's talk about mixers. The beaters can become misaligned over time, so adjustments might be needed to ensure that it still runs smoothly. That's right. So it's really just to, to check in. This is for people who are obviously doing a fair bit of baking, and they may know this already, but um, you consult your mixer's manual. And because if you're, if it's not, if it's misaligned, obviously, and we can just be talking about, you know, a few millimeters, you're really not getting the mix fit that mm. the um, maker required. <laughs> so, uh, yep, just check your manual for more detailed directions. Stephanie Verge, if people want some more information on this and other stories from Reader's Digest magazine, they can always check, of course, the magazine on newsstands now. But you have a great website as well. We do. Please check it out at rd.ca. Stephanie Verge, thanks for joining us here on Talk of the Town. No problem. Thanks for having me. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.